I'm Lyman, and I'm here with my good friend Miles, and together we're presenting to you the Jazz and Grass and Other Stuff 2 podcast. Good to be here. Good to be back. Yeah, um, Marcel is currently uh, in uh, my hometown, our hometown, Bellingham, Washington, and he's crazy busy. So we're just going to put one of these together. It's been about a month and a half since uh, since Miles has been on, um, but I'll I'll take any excuse to get him on this uh, on this show because uh, it's as much for it's a it's worth it as much to me as it is to you know you guys for me to hear what he has to say. So you too kind, man. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, how's it going? How are you? Doing excellent, man. Just been enjoying life and playing as much guitar as possible as we like to do. Living the dream. <laughs> Living the dream. Absolutely. I want to throw something behind this, uh, some sort of behind the scenes uh, stuff. Miles and I have already been talking for like an hour, and it's weird to ask in the middle of the conversation, hey man, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that just feels weird to me. Mm-hmm. But Oh yeah. Whatever. But we did it. We gonna do it anyway. Um, <laughs> it's commercial time. I gotta tell you about the stuff we do. Marcel and I have an Instagram page called Jazz and Grass. We post a new lick each day except for Sunday because Sunday belongs to the Lord. And um, if you have any questions, comments, or derogatory remarks, you can uh, call or text us on this podcast and that number is 724-257-1046. That's 724-257-1046. Okay, cool. Now we got that uh that junk out of the way. Let's uh <laughs> let's talk about some fun stuff. Yeah. Oh, let's so much, so much to say. Um, so Miles and I were just on the Google Hangout talking, showing off to each other, and uh we both have tremolo arms, and we were, we were trying to figure out what we were going to talk about today. Um, we, like, we, we came up with some other subjects, like, I don't know, like composition, chords, stuff like that. But I think we're just way too fixated on these tremolo arms right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Talking about anything else is just, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so we're going to talk about uh, our tremolo arms for a good, solid hour. Mm-hmm. We're gonna let you guys know exactly what we think because it's we're both actually kind of new to the tremolo world, which has been really cool for us both. We're both sort of discovering it together, and that's really, really cool. So we both have kind of different perspectives, and I think hopefully we'll both even learn something from each other right now. Absolutely. <laughs> um, first thing I want to ask is what? When did you start using the tremolo? Like, how long have you had it on your guitar? So. It's funny because a long time ago, I feel like I tried to put a tremolo on once. Like, you know, a lot of us do. Maybe you put it on, it doesn't work. And it didn't work perfectly because I didn't know how to set it up or anything. But I could tell I liked it. But because it didn't work that great and I was, like, young, I just got discouraged and didn't care, right? And then um, recently, I've just been starting to listen to more uh, players that not only use tremolo bars, but I'd really started getting to me how... Um, you know, string players and horn players have this other element of bending that feels different than is accessible on the guitar. And um, 
I've been trying to figure out how to close the gap between guitar and these other instruments because I think, especially when you add like a tremolo bar and then you get, if you have like a volume pedal, whatever, you start adding these things and then boom, the guitar no longer has these limitations that maybe it had before. But it was maybe like, dang it, it had to be the beginning of the summer, honestly. I think it was pretty much around, I want to say, had to be June or just like um, May. Uh, it might have been like around May, May or June. So it's been a good few months and um, I haven't used it as much as I should. But at the same time, see, I'm, I want to ask you real quick. Have you used it so much that when you play guitar without it, your hand goes for it yet? No, I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, man, I'm already doing it. It's bad. <laughs> I went to the store the other day. I, I just start. It, you look like a crazy person when you're just waving your hand around for no reason. <laughs> um, Love it. Well, we'll get back to that. I want to talk a, a little bit about my weird workaround I used for my tremolo arm. Um, yes oh yes tell them so i put some I, I like to have it stiff i don't like it hanging uh i want it i want to just be able to uh put my hand down on it and have it right there where i need it to be um so i put some thread tape uh on my bar around the threads but that's not really what i did i didn't have any thread tape so <laughs> i took um some some grocery bags because i used to in Bellingham, Washington, they've banned grocery bags, the plastic ones. <laughs> you can't use, you, you can't get them there anymore. So I have hoarded every single grocery bag I've uh, received at the store. So I cut a little <laughs> piece off, just kind of tightened it around the threads and then took a Bic lighter and just m melted it a little bit so it stayed put and then just screwed it in. And now I have a stiff, uh, stiff bar. Definitely. Now that you mention it, I didn't melt it, but I believe I also used grocery bags when I used the tremolo previously, and um, that did work very well. <laughs> and that was one of the and that was one of the first um, that was one of the first steps towards getting more interested. Because before that, it can be discouraging when you can't get it to stay put. So if you're interested in tremolo, don't get discouraged. Try it. Put some guards back in there. Try some stuff to get it to be stiffer because it'll make it actually enjoyable. Because it's definitely frustrating when you want it to be somewhere. And it just won't stay. Is mm -hmm. that just, ugh. yeah? Then it's tremolo is no fun anymore. <laughs> and, and I felt like my threads, like they weren't, you know, exact. There was there was a little mm -hmm. bit. It was loose a little bit when I was pushing or pulling it. Um, and that just, uh, I, I thought that that wouldn't be a thing I cared about, but it just, you know, <laughs> it upset me oh, to yeah. no end. To, you know, mm -hmm. the point where I was taking a grocery bag to a lighter. <laughs> like a crazy person. Yeah. My wife's looking at me like, what are you doing? Put that lighter down before you burn the house down. <laughs> but I think we can both agree that having that stability, man, it definitely, uh, it changes it so you can really hone in what kind of vibrato you're doing. Makes it a big world of a difference. And I was, again, I was of the same mindset. Thought I wanted to make a big difference. And then once you realize, like, oh, no, I need more control for this to be worth it. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it needs to be, like, perfectly responsive. If it mm -hmm. if you pull it a little bit and, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, delay because the threads aren't exactly the same size. Like, it, it just throws off my groove, for sure. Oh, yeah, it's no good. It, it definitely... It's got to be tighter. It definitely is just, um, I can't I'm not imagine going back to a tremolo arm that doesn't stay how I want it to. Mm -hmm. And it sort of will vary from person to person too. 
which is cool because me and Lyman have our tremolos set up sort of differently, which is exciting. I'm excited to talk about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so when you said you've been uh, using your arm since about um, May or June, is that when you first tried to put an arm in or that's how long you've been using it, like, you know, consistently? I think because it's been really hasn't been too long. And the other thing I'll have to add to that is since my guitar is in sort of a weird state right now and the neck is not super happy, I've sort of backed off on using the bar as much. But at the same time, um, yeah, I'd say I've been using it for a good, like, at least two months now of solid, like, using the bar. I mean, I definitely grab for it when I play guitars without it that aren't an acoustic. So if that says anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I want to hear about your first experience with just screwing the 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 bar into the, the hole that it goes into. Ooh, like the first time or like this one I have on this guitar? The first time you ever put a tremolo on a guitar. Oh, man, I do remember that. I um, The first time I put a tremolo on the guitar, it was definitely for the right reasons, and that was Jeff Beck. I had started listening to Jeff Beck a lot, and I was like, I got to do that. All right. And... Um, God, I remember it was so cruddy too. Oh, this is uh, the memory's all flooding back to me, people. Sorry, just taking me a moment to walk down memory lane here because uh, I mean, the tremolo bar had to be like crusty, probably. Like, I remember it was like not new, you know, nothing was new. It was just like I would probably ask my friend or someone or just looked around and just so happened to find one. You know, I wasn't gonna buy one, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so I've got this cheap, dinky little tremolo bar made out of not that good metal and um. I put it in, and I do remember the first time, and it, this is the, I hope everyone really understands, the first time you do a tremolo, it might be discouraging, because it was both really exciting, you know, using it for the first time, but also since I knew nothing about setting it up, and it felt weird, and you're not used to it, too, like, my mind just broke, and I was like, whoa, this is a lot, oh, I really want to do this, but this is so hard, that was my initial thought, for sure, and then I remember... My thought, like, I, th I feel like a lot of people have this thought, like, there are these things in guitars, and tremolo is one of them, to where at some point in your guitar life, you try it, and you kind of make a decision. Or some people sort of make a decision then and there, like, this is for me or this isn't for me. And I was trying to make a decision then, like, all right, I like this, but this isn't for me. This is never going to happen. But um, that was definitely not true. <laughs> and um, I would just encourage everyone to really keep an open mind about tremolo. And really, I used to see it as, you know not as expressive as it is because it's easy for us to link it with a lot of, you know, showy stuff or like, you know, people just using it more as a like for show than maybe musical musical effect. But um, I definitely now firmly believe that like a guitar with a tremolo, it's like a whole nother instrument. It's like you added this other element that you, if you can get it to be stable, it's like, man, you just cannot go back from, just cannot. <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So I don't know, that's sort of my first tremolo experience. It really was discouraging at first, and I thought I was just not going to be a thing I did at all. But it's definitely worth pursuing, and I'm glad I did. Um, my first tremolo experience, I'll tell you, like, my first time playing with one. And uh, real quick, I should say, a tremolo is also called, like, a whammy bar. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about whammy bars. Oh, oh yeah. I have to say, in another quick caveat, it's this is all Leo Fender's fault. Like, Leo Fender didn't play guitar, so he named everything on these amps and guitars. Like, he named tremolo vibrato on the amplifiers. He named the tremolo bar 
or I think he know. Yeah, he named this the tremolo arm instead of a vibrato. Yeah, even though it's doing vibrato, it's like everything is backwards in guitar. It's just, I love it, and it's so funny because that is just those little things show how like the little traditional things just can't seem to go away. Yeah, I, I <laughs> didn't know the Fender didn't play guitar. <laughs> yeah, isn't that nuts? That's hilarious. So it's like. It, he'd make these brilliant designs like the Stratocaster and you know, doing all this Wayne Bar stuff, but then he'd come up with something stupid or weird and he'd think people would use it for one thing, like the Jazzmaster, and then no one wanted to play jazz on it and everyone played surf on it or, you know, all this <laughs> yeah. other stuff. Or they play like country. It's like, that's hilarious, you know? But anyway, back to Wayne Boys. <laughs> still, still on that tangent, have you ever seen a Fender Toronado? No, what's that? It Like, I the first time I saw one... Um, I was playing with a dude right uh, who who plays a Toronado. It's a dual humbucker uh, Fender guitar with four pots, two volume knobs, two tone knobs. Um, Whoa. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. I see that. I thought it was a Jazzmaster at first. Yeah, it's definitely sort of Jazzmaster looking. That was an interesting guitar. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. Whoa, dude. What the world? <laughs> Man, people, check it out. The Fender Tornado. I've never heard of this guitar. They're not even that expensive. They kind of look cool. Huh. Yeah, this, this dude has a really interesting setup. Um, I'm going to give him a shout out. Ryan David Orr. Um, hey, yo, Ryan. He plays a Tornado through uh, uh, an Excelsior amp. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Like, I had never seen an Excelsior amp. I think they're like Fen something Fender. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're made by Fender. But, uh, yeah, his sound is incredible. He's got gr a great sound. Um, mm -hmm. But back uh, back, back on topic, um, my first experience playing with a tremolo was uh, playing uh, with, with my dad's guitar, my dad's Japanese uh, Fender Strat. And, um, <clears throat> like... The reason I, I did that was because I wanted to sound like Scott Henderson. I saw a Scott Henderson video on using three different pentatonic scales over one chord. Um, and, and he just got these... I these, love that video. <laughs> yeah. He got these incredible, like, scooping sounds. And uh, my dad's guitar had a tremolo. So I'm like, oh, shit, I'll try that. <laughs> um, and uh, so I tried it. But the thing just wouldn't stay in tune. It, it like every time I bent it down, uh, like it came back up and everything was out of tune, and it was just really, really frustrating. Um, and so after that, I was like, I'm never gonna use a tremolo, and that was like five, six, seven years ago at this point, and uh. <laughs> oh. My first experience installing a tremolo arm uh, was um, had to have been like three or four weeks ago. <laughs> like, I just, I was really impatient. So I drove to the music store that's like, you know, 20 miles away. And then I'm like, I want a tremolo arm. And the dude's like, well, you have to bring the guitar in uh, so we know what size it is. And I told him, I don't care. I don't care. Just give me, just give me a few. I'll pay whatever the price is. And uh, <laughs> came home, 
put it in my guitar, and I was able to bend down. I was able to get uh, that sort of sound. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't get, get that sound yet. Um, I had to do things to my guitar. And uh, this, this uh, leads me in the ne- into the next thing I want to talk about with you mm-hmm. about the tremolo. And that's setting the dang thing up. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Been through a lot of that now. <laughs> I, I got lucky. I only had like four or five days of major frustration before I found something that worked mm-hmm. uh, for me. And I just, I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos to... Yeah, me too. To get the whole floating thing set up and where, you know, it'll stay in tune. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Miles, you're much more knowledgeable about this than I am, so why don't you take it away for a little bit? All right, people, I'm about to give you the tremolo rundown and run you through the gamut because there's a few ways to do it, and there's a few ways to kind of look at it and look at what you're doing. So the first way is the super simple way, which would be what Lyman was talking about at first, right? It's just bending down. If you just want to bend down, which some people do, then that's fine. And I mostly bend down. I definitely want to be able to bend up a little more. But bending down, I would say definitely, if nothing else, is it's, if it's not working on the guitar to have it floating, sometimes you can just put it against the body as much as it can go and just bend down or just have it where it's comfortable. And that, especially on a squirrely guitar that's not wanting to really tremolo, that can sometimes be a great solution. So that's the first way to do things, right? And I should also mention that every guitar is kind of different. We're really mainly kind of talking about strats here. But, um, you know, other tremolos kind of applied as well. And um, beyond just putting it against the body or having it just go down, when you want it to float, that's when you enter a whole world of um, a few different options. If you have a traditional Fender tremolo or one that's just a solid piece of metal that's, you know, you adjust with the springs, right? And it's just moving, you know, back and forth or whatever. If you have one of those tremolos, you, to have it floating, you have to find the right distance for the intervals you want. And actually, I did find a good video on this. I feel like you don't have to do it this way. Like, there's one where a dude, um, I forget, he was using, like, pieces of... um paper and he was putting it under there and trying to figure out distance and stuff like that and there's all these different ways to do it but really if you're gonna have it floating and you can sort of decide what intervals you want and there's a few ways to set that up like some people have it so i think everything ends up being like this major third thing or something like that or it ends up to where you could do a whole chord by bending up and um but then there's other ways like i think kind of lyman has it and i sort of have it to where you really you're just getting like half steps when you bend up Mm -hmm. which is definitely like at the least if you're going to be bending up and down that's definitely what you want and um but i'll also throw in that there's a another element to this equation that is the tension on your strings and the connection the connectivity to the body now for some people this might not matter as much but i've experimented a lot and i did notice there's a lot to this in that when you, the, on a traditional tremolo, the more you're raising it up to float, the more you're going to lose that contact with the body naturally. And the tone could get a little thinner in s- some ways, especially if you're using single coils. And for me, I ended up getting this tremolo system. There are a few options, especially now, 
for traditional tremolo guitars that you don't even have to route out new holes. And I have a thing called the Blade Runner, and what it does is it's like two pieces of metal, and one of them it, it's, is really solid to the body where you screw it in. Instead of having it just sort of be loose and rock around, it's solid. And then the rest of it is coming out with like a little sheet, and it's a little higher than it starts um, at the bottom of it, if that makes sense. So that it's already floating, even if it's at a 90-degree angle. So when you have something like that, what that means is for someone like me, at least, and I might have to undo it, but um, you could potentially have it be floating, but get the same tension you get as it when it's against the body. And that can make a big tonal difference, or especially if you're into more like spanky style of playing like I like, and I want a lot of snap, like that is something to consider because on certain guitars, you will lose some of that snap. Certain guitars just work great. And that's the the last caveat of this whole part is that at the end of the day, if a guitar doesn't want to work with a tremolo, it just might not. Or you might have to find a real big workaround. But some guitars will just work. Like, even some guitars aren't that nice. Like, for some reason, everything will just work. And I'll also throw in that trying different springs is also worth exploring a little bit. Because I definitely found a whole bunch of different springs. And I found springs I liked. And I found springs I didn't like. And um, that was a big part of my personal journey, too, is finding the right spring tension. And that's a whole nother bag of worms that you really have to experiment with yourself. Because some people put all five springs. That's a lot, you know, usually. But some people put, like, two springs. You know, some people put three springs. Eric Johnson puts four springs. You know, like, why, why are you putting four <laughs> springs? I don't know. So it's sort of, like... And that's the weirdest part about this is there's, and I'm sure Lyman might agree a little bit, is that there is no real set way to do this. There's definitely some guidelines that hopefully I kind of outlined a little bit. But it's like, um, at the end of the day, I could tell that the things I wanted was definitely different than maybe what Lyman wants exactly mm -hmm. or what someone else might want because it's just all personal. And like the bar size is another thing that's important. I don't know how much you've experimented with this, Lyman, but I messed around with a lot of different bar sizes and it took me a while to find out I like long bars. I thought I'd like short bars. I like them long. Some people like them real short. Like David Gilmore uses a real short bar. I think Jeff Beck uses a short bar. But, um, you know, the bar changes your leverage. And depending on how floating it is and your springs, like you might want a long bar or you might want a short bar. Like it really is just situational. But being aware of these elements is nice because then you can start to key on, on like, you know, all right, maybe I'll try a few different bar sizes. All right, maybe I'll try different combinations of the springs and just try to remember which one I like the most, you know, but, um, and it, in, I'm sure I'm also agree that this is time consuming a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like you have to put time into it. Like the tremolo, even if a guitar is kind of just working, like you probably will have to spend at least a day or a few days really trying to figure it out. And even if it's your first time, you're going to have some trial and error, you know, that's guaranteed. Like there will be, times when you do something you're like oh this is horrible or you're gonna snap some strings or it's just something's gonna be awful but i don't know as long as you're aware of all those elements and you start looking into them or experimenting with them i feel like it's those things are the things that um i wish i would have known in the beginning that there was just those sort of different camps of thinking about it and those different elements are at play a little bit because you can make a more informed decision or starting point perhaps but I don't know. What do you got to throw in line? What do you think of all that? Um, yeah, you just have to get it, you know, you, ha you have to set it up using, you know, those guidelines to a way like where it'll it'll just be serviceable enough. And mm -hmm. serviceable enough to me is the guitar stays in tune 
and yes, um, it goes upwards a little bit and downwards. Um, you know, it goes downwards too. <laughs> um, that's serviceable enough for me. I've, I've, I got, I've got really lucky with this guitar. Like this is a cheap, uh, Squire classic vibe. Um, and I, I just threw the tremolo arm in, put in like maybe four or five days of like fine tuning. And, um, this thing hasn't steered me wrong yet. Um, I actually broke my first string using the tremolo arm, uh, right before we started <laughs> uh, recording this podcast. Yep. This is too good. <laughs> the timing on that is just too perfect. Like that would be the time. Mm-hmm. And I will also mention, um, this is a good time to mention the other thing that I personally find is really important is, um, lubrication mm-hmm. on the points of contact, like absolutely use something. It's like, I've used all sorts of things. And honestly, it's just like something, as long as it's something and it's going to lubricate it a little bit, whether it be pencil lead or chapstick or some special stuff you buy, it doesn't matter. Just use something because I used to not lubricate the points of contact. And even before using a tremolo bar, I started doing that and I would highly recommend it because you will stop breaking strings. <laughs> That's just it. You'll stop breaking strings. <laughs> Probably. Maybe not. But um, lubrication on the points of contact. And then when you string it on the head, trying to not get too many wrappings on the, the you know, poles. And normally people sort of do that anyway. But, you know, just trying to be a little conscious of having, you know, not too much of a break angle. Because that will also help you with your tuning stability. And if you're having a really bad trouble, if you hear a lot of pinging, that is the other thing. If there's a ton of ping, oh, <laughs> yeah, I did it, people. Um, anyway, if there's a lot of pinging, you definitely need to, um, I would listen to the top and the bottom of your guitar and hear where it's coming from. Usually it'll be the nut. And if it's too much, like that means you need either to get the nut cut better or you need a different nut that is more lubricated. Because that is the one thing that will stop you dead in your tracks is if you have a nut that really is like old or crusty, especially on maybe some cheaper guitars or really older guitars where the nut just gets a little gnarly, like that could really mess up your tremolo day. (laughs) And I've seen, uh, not on electric guitar, but I've seen nuts turn to dust in my hands. So (laughs) just saying, make sure the nut is working. (laughs) That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Go to a professional to get your nut cut. Or... You can be a moron like me and do it yourself. I got really lucky. <laughs> yeah. But luckily, um, I'm pretty sure it's not too expensive to buy, you know, it's little nut slots if you want to experiment. So not the worst thing to do. I just bought like a regular file. Oh, nice. Like um, nice. one of those triangle files. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that, that worked. That worked out fine for me. Did you do that on your guitar you're using right yeah. now? Nice. Um, it's awesome. It, it it had tens on it when I bought it, and I wanted to put flat wands on it, so I wanted to put twelves on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's twelve to fifty six, fifty six or forty six. Nice. Um, but yeah, I needed to cut out for the E string, the A string, the D string. Um, but yeah, it, it works fine now, but I'm going to reiterate nice. again. I got lucky. And now Lyman brings up a great point and I bet I want to get us playing a little bit because I think this would be good to show is that, um, Lyman's guitar has flat lounge on it. And I think that is 
very cool because I've never, ever seen someone use flat ones on a tremolo guitar. And hopefully he'll demonstrate a little bit, maybe just how he's been using the bar. And then I can show some things because I think they'll be different. But um, really note when you listen to the stuff he's playing, like it is um, a really cool sound. And I am now personally intrigued to experiment with that. Um, and just keeping in mind just different strings could make for a different type of tremolo relationship. So that's something to keep in mind and I think is pretty cool. So anyway, take it away, Lana. Um, what you got? Before I get into that, like Ooh. I want to I want to say I do have a wound G-string. Um, and I think if I used like a wired G string, I think I'd be able to get more, uh, more pitch, more, more range on the, the pull up from the, the G string, but I'm only getting a half mm-hmm. step right now. Mm. Um, but I get a whole step on the B string, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is nuts. Oh man. I love it. <laughs> so uh, I'll talk about my interval range uh, first. I have on the E string, half step up, whole step down. B string, whole step up. I have a major third down on the B string. This is this is actually me discovering what my actual range is. I don't really know. <laughs> I know on the G string though. Uh, half step up, whole step down. Uh, let's see what the D string does. I'm getting like uh, halfway between a minor second and a major second. So that's weird. crazy like you really have to know people this these intervals that this tremolo is um exhibiting is very fascinating i've never seen this happen this is very interesting it's <laughs> awesome let's see, let's see how far it goes down almost a major third um on the a string i get a whole step up A fourth down on the E string, I get in between a uh, uh, major second and minor third, and I get a fifth down. So, um, yeah, there's a bunch of different ways to uh, set up your intervals. I know Scott Henderson, um, he gets a major third on his G string up and an mm-hmm. octave down on his A string, which is crazy. Like, yeah, that's nuts. It's cool to like, yeah, the, you that's... know, the dive bomb thing. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I'll, I'll actually play something now. Yeah, how have you been finding yourself using the bar? <laughs> what are your trademarks?
So that's how I use the bar. God, so much. Man, you people do not know how bad I am in comparison to that. Just wait. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. But man, he sounds wonderful. Man, oh my gosh, I love all that. It sounds so smooth and vocal. Really nice. I really like the ability of like being able to essentially play a long tone on the guitar. Let me turn off uh, the gate on my um, on my uh, preamp. I can actually get like real vocal vibrato going in both directions. It's, it's almost helped me become more of a melodic player. Like, I'm... Oh, man, I agree so much. It's just like, yeah, once you start doing that stuff, it feels... It slows you down a little bit, too. It's like, hey, like, slow down, do less. Mm-hmm. And it sounds so nice. It's so effective. And I'm sure you guys can hear it, too. Just, like, man, in that space where you could have crammed in however many more notes, just the one note with the nuance, you know, different movements, it's like it means so much. Mm-hmm. To me, at least. It's just opened up the guitar for me. You know, I I don't have to do so much. (laughs) (laughs) And that'll be the one that kills them, too, you know? (laughs) Like, that'll be the one. Man, people pay attention to that way sooner than they can pay attention to any line. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, that's how you can grab attention. And that's what's been interesting. I don't know how much chance you've had to use it in public, but that has been the thing that interests me is the the reaction I get from people when you do it in person to when someone's listening. Like it really is something that people are really reactive to, I feel like, and aware of when you start doing it. It's like impossible to ignore. <laughs> I've, I've never used it in public yet. Oh, man. The world. Well, get ready, world. He's coming. He's coming. Um, but yeah, why don't you, you give an example of, uh, how you like to play with the tremolo arm. So I'm trying to get more in uh, the direction of stuff, um, Lyman's been showing you, but it's been really interesting because the way it's most immediately integrated into my playing has been largely chordal. And obviously, you know, this is obvious, like little shakes. But I listen, I'll preface all this by saying that I listen to a lot of Alan Holdsworth, so... All the tremolo stuff you're going to hear is definitely derivative of that beautiful man. But um, I really like, um, I watched a lot of his stuff, and he would just add the most subtle shakes. And stuff like that, you can just get a little bit. And I like that. I'll, I can't stop adding it. Like, And that's one thing that people run a danger of doing. I feel like me and Lyman are doing a pretty good job of not doing it, is... um. Go on YouTube and watch 
videos of people playing whammy bars because what you'll hear a lot of the time might be something like this if I were to play the same thing as a just person not being as conscious. You know. You know, just just start going. People will just go and not think about it. But really, if you're adding vibrato to the chords, you can be so light. It's just the littlest movement will go like 100 miles. Because if you're in a live scenario and you start, you know, unless it calls for it in the music, you're going to sound pretty weird. <laughs> and I've heard a lot of people do that. More people than you'd think. Just like not thinking about, just like normal guitar vibrato. Some people will just, you know, in all scenarios. And it's like, that doesn't always make sense. I want to, I want to tangent for a second. People. Oh yeah, please who, do. Uh, who can, who only have one speed of vibrato, one speed and depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. Yeah, it, it comes. <laughs> it's like stock. It, it feels like it comes from a place of tension. Like they tense up their muscles in a certain mm-hmm. way to create the vibrato effect. When mm-hmm. vibrato really has to come from a place of uh, being loose and relaxed. Uh, you got to vary the mm-hmm. speed and vary the depth um, based on you know the situation. Um, and and what the music calls for, like this is not tremolo vibrato, this is finger vibrato, just real light. Um, but you know, sometimes it might call for. Yeah. Mm. And the 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 way you vibrate, there are all sorts of different ways. You can do the classical back and forth, where you're not moving um, horizontally on the neck at all. And you can do the real wide, like, almost wrist-turning vibrato. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's, they're, they're all going to give you different sounds, but it's something to be really, really conscious of. Um, Definitely. You want absolute 100% control over your vibrato, whether it be the fingers or the arm. Absolutely. And I'm glad we talked about that because that's very key in this and especially in guitar playing in general that's uh i feel like tremolo definitely can invite bad habits if you're not paying attention it's extremely easy to overdo like super easy yeah and um before i show you a few examples that would be the other thing to say is when you start using a vibrato record yourself because i definitely did that and it helps you know what's too much and what's too little maybe or what's not as much as you think it is because um it definitely is like i feel like it's learning to hear a new thing to hear vibrato in context of music, a vibrato that you're doing yourself. You know, it's definitely a thing. But anyway, the way I've been using it a lot too is um, I really am influenced a lot by a lot of big band recordings. And what this has let me do is for stuff like that, you know, if I was like playing over this sort of thing, I could like... it rhythmically (laughs) and I just really like um finding ways to use it in chords like that but also just really um really vocally like um I feel like you can get a type of vibrato that sounds very classic to me in the sense that no I I don't know what I mean by that but it just people don't do as much vibrato of this now maybe like that sort of thing. You know, if you listen to a lot of like 40s recordings or 50s recordings, you know, their vibrato is more like that. 
or you know, oh, oh, dang it! See, I'm making it for myself. <laughs> I can't play. The Coleman Hawkins but you know what thing. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's my you can worst really Coleman transport Hawkins people, um, impersonation. I'm yeah. Not had it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that vibrato is very transportative. And then, you know, you start bending into it, and then, you know, there you have it. to do it at the ends of phrases it's cool to find like just see how long you can go you know just so and that's been the biggest thing for me too i've just started doing this the other day really being more aware of pull-offs because when you really start adding more pull-off stuff Like, I feel like that really starts opening stuff up, too, even though it's kind of one of the more natural movements. But I feel like it's taken me some time to get used to, like, really, like... Because it feels a little unnatural at first when, you know, normally you would pick it differently or do something differently. But I feel like that's been the real big ways. It's just, like, sort of chordally being able to shake chords or rhythmically, like... Especially in, like, anything, if you want to sound surfy, obviously. I've been getting a lot of that use, actually, in the real world. It's really surprising, um... A lot of country stuff or anything you can start getting remotely surfy. You know? <laughs> start doing that stuff and like, oh, sometimes it works. But I don't know. But I've been trying to develop it more in the direction that Wyman's doing. But I definitely keep finding new ways, like um, with my different fingers or with the pick. Like that's been the biggest thing for me too. Is just finding if I were to use my fingers, you know. Versus the pick. And, you know, that wasn't the best example, but you can hear those are two totally different things. Like, those are so entirely different. And that's what's cool about the wearing bar is, like, you know, using it with the pick or using it with the fingers, they feel like this whole different universe of sound or how you're manipulating sound versus just playing it normally. And... um I don't know, that's what's really getting me is it does feel like a whole new thing, like just really different in a good way and more free. It's, it, I like that freedom. It, to me, it's like everything I learned on the guitar uh, before I screwed this this dumb little bar in did not prepare me for, for what was about to happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. And I can feel, um, I'm sure you feel it too, uh, the integration process, I can tell it's going to take a little while to fully be integrated but once it is it definitely is just hard to go back <laughs> um i like this thing because I, I can't you know you can't uh it's hard to vibrato and pull off or slide but i can do i can mm -hmm. do this sort of thing i can keep the same speed mm -hmm. and depth of vibrato without having to do anything weird with the left hand, just, you know. Mm -hmm. Which, uh... 
I don't think I'd ever, I would ever play a line like that. Staying on. Yeah, it just wouldn't happen. Exactly. Yeah, you start, the way you start thinking really starts to change really quickly. Especially if you let yourself, you know, open up to what the bar can do. You really start just thinking differently. And you start wanting to bend way more into things. Because then suddenly, you know, if I were to like, um, oh, this is a good example. Like, just normally, that's fine, but, you know. Uh, oh, dang it, here. It's just like, man, it sounds so much more engaging to me to add that. And obviously, I kind of overdid a little bit. But, you know, I would choose the one over the other, though. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of scoops, like, in the middle of notes. Like... Yeah. Mm. Um. That made me think of the one other. Oh no, go on. What were you saying? Oh, just like be, being able to stay on a note and do something to make it a little bit more interesting or engaging. But continue. Yeah. Oh, that made me think of the one other thing. Um, I stole this from Jimmy Herring. I'm trying to learn it. Is um. It almost sounds like a harmonica thing, but like you like, like. So you're like, you know, you're. Obviously, I can't do it very well, but if you do it fast enough, it sounds like a harmonica. And especially if you have overdrive on it, suddenly you sound like a freaking harmonica player. And um, that's what I'm finding with the bar, too, is like you can start really getting into other instruments, ways of bending and vibrato to which it feels impossible with just your fingers. Because um, and he was talking about that, like he's really starting to get into more horn like vibrato and trying to add it a little later. And then there's that way, right? Like harmonica type slides in vibrato where a harmonica player would slide is so different. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, and that's the thing I like about the bar too, is you can just get, it, you can forget everything and just start going with it, you know? And that's been some of the coolest stuff I've found is when I just forget about any specific idea or I just hear a sound or more of a feeling of like pulling either up or down or something and you just go for it. Like, you'd be surprised what you can just pull out. <laughs> Especially with overdrive. That's the other thing. Is the second you add overdrive and start getting, like, sustain and stuff, it's like, ooh. You know, and if you start getting feedback, if you can get any of that, then you can really start, um, it's like you are just manipulating everything at that point. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I just want to take a, take a moment to say I feel really bad that we're not... Uh, video filming this week's episode because of the ridiculousness of both of the shirts that we're wearing. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's pretty prime. I've got a, a green shirt with a bunch of multicolored flip-flops on them, and they say, and it says Hawaii on it, and uh, a bunch of flowers on it. Why don't you describe your shirt? Oh, man, I am wearing a shirt with a... Uh, how do I describe this the best? Well, it is a tie-dye shirt, but no, that is not enough. Could not stop there. It has got spiraling cat faces 
you know, they spiral into the center <laughs> outward and they're all different colors and they all have the same exact look on their face. And I've gotten more comments on this shirt than most of the shirts I own. And it's it's just that engaging. <laughs> <laughs> it is a dope shirt. <laughs> um Yeah. Uh, I've always wanted to play the saxophone and I feel like this is just getting me closer to mm-hmm. uh, that that sort of sound. Mm. Um I thought honestly thought I would never use one of these things and now I can't imagine life without a guitar that at least one guitar that had a uh, an arm on it definitely most definitely and um I didn't talk enough about the swampy sounds I've been really getting into the swampy sounds too because that's the cool thing about the bars you can start getting solid <laughs> See, now I'm thinking a whole new thing. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, it's bad. Real quick, also, I wanted to ask you what intervals uh, you you have string by string. What intervals? Yeah, with the, with your bar. Oh, my intervals? Well, mine are going to change. That's the other thing. See, now that me and Lyman have had this whole discussion, I have to go readjust my tremolo because I'm, um, I've been having neck trouble, so I've sort of been readjusting it a little bit. But right now, I'm at least... I want to get it to where... That one's just a little flat. I feel like once I get that there, this will be like half step. Yeah, this will be a half step too. Is that a whole step? Yeah, this should all be half. Oh man, that's actually really cool. That probably has a lot to do with the way this um, tremolo system is made. Yeah, that's really awesome. I think they'll pretty much all be half steps actually, once I adjust it a little more, at least in the upward direction and down, I mean. Um, Whoa. I can go solo. I don't even know how to find the bottom note. And it's because I have so much. Because, and that's the other thing I'll mention, is the way my tremolo is, to have it floating, I have it way flatter than most people. As I, I'm trying to show Lyman, you can't see it. But I'm sure his is a little higher off the um, the body than mine. Mine is, if you look at it, it almost looks like dead straight. Well, right now it's less than straight. It's sort of depressing itself. So what that means is my downward range of motion is massive. It has no end, essentially. But that's also, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, see, yeah, exactly. And that's the one thing, is if you have a normal tremolo, your range of motion can be a little limited, or you have to get it up high to get more of that range of motion. With this, I can get a lot of downward motion. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And it's 
that's what's interesting to me is getting those deeper tones because um i'm really trying to wrap my head around that that like wow you could really drop these lower strings to where you know like people play metal you know mm -hmm. so it's like by that you could make your chords just so heavy or even just starting low it just brings in i love that feeling that's maybe my favorite whammy bar thing is when you bring in a chord or some low strings and the feeling of the rumble go from low to like present there'll be this inaudible growling it's like a volcano oh the whammy bar it makes for a great volcano <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, sorry to all everybody who, you know, plays bluegrass and listens to <laughs> But for all you crazy jazz fusion players, the people that are looking to just expand your thing, and even maybe hopefully some of you bluegrass guys, I don't know, maybe we'll be seeing a whole new wave, bluegrass whammy bar players. Um, <laughs> is there a way to put a whammy bar probably. on a grandpa guitar? <laughs> there probably is, I don't know. That's the thing is we live in 2018. I feel like people try to put a whammy bar on everything. I'm sure it's sure you can do it. Have Have you ever had any experience with a Bigsby? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I have a little bit. I like Bigsby's. They're a little more limited, but they're sort of. I feel like they're cool for what they are because usually they're on a guitar that's sort of already doing a sort of a colorful characterish thing. You know, like a Gretsch or mm -hmm. something. But um. Bigsby's are interesting. Now that I have my tremolo set up the way I do, I definitely would not want to have a Bigsby. But I mean, they can be fun. I just they're definitely kind of limited and they feel like they feel a lot like less of everything, but more stable, I guess, is maybe the trade-off. I What do you think about Bigsby's? I got a buddy who has a who put a Bigsby on his Telecaster. Um, oh, that's sick. That's um, pretty cool. I like that the arm stays where you put it. That's the thing mm. I like about the Bigsby. And uh, I solved that problem, again, with grocery bags and fire. <laughs> um, which is usually how I'll try to solve a lot of my problems. <laughs> grocery bags or fire, sometimes both. <laughs> but, yeah, he his, his Bigsby sounds wonderful. I don't know if he's got it set up too well. Like, it... I heard the tuning get knocked out like terribly when. <laughs> yeah. Um, Have you ever tried a Floyd Rose? No. Me neither. I've never, I feel like maybe I tried one once, but I played a guitar with a Floyd Rose on it and it was weird. Like it didn't have the bar in it, but just the physical like Floyd Rose thing. It's like, there's so much mass. I'd never felt anything like it. Like it felt like someone put a stone <laughs> in the middle of your guitar is crazy, but I've always been curious to try something like that. I've never tried an actual Floyd Rose or any actual locking like tremolo system. Yeah. But. Um, I like the, the, you know, standard, uh, bridge mm -hmm. that was on this squire and, um, I'll keep saying saying it this uh, this podcast. I got lucky, like, um, you got lucky, punk. My, my stuff worked <laughs> with like you know, not too much crazy uh, modifying. And mm -hmm. uh, but like Miles was saying and and telling me like, uh, some guitars it'll take to, and some it just it just won't be happening. Mm-hmm. It's really 
And that is truly the hardest thing. And even beyond tremolos, there are certain other things, too. Like, um, sometimes it could be pickups, too, or, like, certain other things. Like, if a guitar is not working, you sometimes you have to know when to call it. And that is, as a guitar player, we like to... Anyone that plays guitar, on some extent, I assume, likes to mess with things. And once we start messing with things, <laughs> it's good to know when to be able to stop, especially with the tremolo thing. Mm-hmm. Or you'll drive yourself crazy. <laughs> you really will. I've done it. Believe me, people. That's why I quit the first time. <laughs> I've got another guitar, uh, a Strat, like a no-name Strat uh, with a left-handed body. Um, I just put a tremolo arm on that, and it uh, it is a. Uh, it's not working. It's like a. It's sticky. Like mm-hmm. if I pull up, it'll stay a little slightly more up. If I push down, I'll stay slightly more down. So I think it might be... And a lot of it... It might be time to call it. Oh, sorry. I was gonna, yeah, definitely. Because um, I feel like a lot of it has to do with the way the body is cut and how... Because I've noticed it really varies from guitar to guitar how you can set the tremolo. Like some guitars, you can't even get it against the body, you know? like And then other guitars, you know, you can have it wherever. And I feel like definitely like the body shape and how it's mounted and then the neck and how that is mounted like that's what i feel like leads to the bad combos when there's a bad one like it has to just be like the two the combination of how it's cut and the neck are just not going to work for a tremolo mm-hmm. and it's just it, it amazes me that tremolos work at all if i'm being honest <laughs> <laughs> the fact that anything works on a guitar at all it blows my mind every day because it feels like especially strats like they should just fall apart in my hands <laughs> yeah so you got any closing remarks uh on the tremolo nah i just like to say uh every time i show up here i'm (laughs) definitely not warmed up enough but hopefully i um was able to illuminate a few things because um all the things we talked about definitely have been monumental in just being able to use a tremolo because again just don't get discouraged even though it can be discouraging and probably almost guaranteed will be the first time (laughs) but just stick with it especially if it's a sound you're interested in and um, when you start doing it find your own thing because that's the most exciting part to me is I feel like the guitar itself is the instrument more than any other to where you can really have your own voice and the tremolo just opens a whole new massive part of that for you to be more yourself and that at the end of the day is definitely what I think is most important so that's all I got to say yeah, I will I will say it is a uh, frustrating, but once <laughs> once you actually, you know, get it working how you want it to, it's rewarding. Um, but I would love to thank Miles uh for coming on uh this podcast, uh guest hosting yet again. Um I always have fun when he's on the podcast. <laughs> I promise the next time I come on the podcast, I'll be crazy warm up <laughs> and I'll do some cool things. Cause I feel bad. I'm like, man, I wonder if some of these listeners are like, man, who is this guy, man? <laughs> but I'm gonna come back and play guitar for you guys. You just wait. And yeah. To all, I always to love all the here. listeners, uh, this guy crushes me like 100 percent It's <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, but um I'm Lyman. You can find me at LymanLipke.com. That'll send you everywhere uh, you need to go to find me. 
Um, you got anything going on, Miles? Anything you want people to check out? Nah, man. Um, just check out my Instagram. It's just Miles underscore of underscore Miles. Or I'm pretty sure you could just look at my name, Miles Harris, and you'd probably find me. But I'm um, trying to post more, especially now that I'm going to be writing a little more and just trying to do more things with people. I'm just going to, you know, if you want to check out what I'm doing, hopefully I'll start updating that more and just be more engaged. So, yeah. Well, cool, man. I'll do Marcel's plug for him. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Lessons of Marcel. Lessons with Marcel. He's got a website, lessonswithmarcel.com. And that's where you can also sign up for Skype lessons. Um, you can also sign up for Skype lessons with me on my website. Uh, but um, yeah, there's no competition between the two of us. So pick whoever you want. <laughs> um, we also do a thing together called Jazz and Grass on Instagram. Uh, that's a new lick. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then Sunday, we drop these podcasts for you to listen to. And um, if you would like to talk to us, get in touch with us, um, you can leave a voicemail or send a text message to the number 724-257-1046. That's 724-257-1046. And I think... This is the end. The end of the road. The end for me. I wonder, will I dream? 